For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top five events. I am André and with me, our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? Today we have a busy episode with a double header of the EuroLeague taking place this week. We bring you an episode previewing the action of all the 18 games that will be taking place uh, this week. And we will waste no time. Duke, are you ready to get into all of the EuroLeague action that we will have this week? Don't you love this uh, doubleheader weeks? For sure. We, we got a week full of games, so we're going to have a lot to enjoy. So let, let's get it started, man. Let's get to it then. We start with uh, Partizan against Barcelona. Uh, a big game uh, opening this uh, round three of the EuroLeague, the game taking place on Tuesday. In this game between Partizan and Barcelona, we have two teams that are in different stages. Barcelona came into the competition in a way more advanced stage than what we expected to see initially. They have been performing at a very high level, while Partizan is some steps behind, but we expect them to catch up and both to be high-level teams during the this EuroLeague. What do you think will be the key matchups on this game? Well, I, I believe the, the wings, uh, PJ Dozier, uh, Nunnally, um, Avramovic, uh, all of those guys that they have on the wings against uh, guys like Abrines, Jabari Parker, uh, Brizuela coming off the bench, La Provitola shooting the ball. But I would f probably focus on Willie Aaron Gomez versus Frank Kaminsky. Uh, I hope both guys get high minutes so that we can see that matchup because uh, I feel like both of, them, both of them have the ability to dominate games at the EuroLeague level with a high IQ, with their ability to pass and to play inside with their back to the basket. So I, I believe that's going to be a very exciting matchup. Statistically, these teams come into this game uh, very balanced with each other. Barcelona is just playing a very fine-tuned basketball brand of basketball, and we can expect to see more of the same on the, this game. Barcelona will, on the second half of this uh, doubleheader, have another very competitive game against Bayern Munich, this time around at home. How do you see Barcelona coming out of this uh, week? Do you think that they, uh, because they are playing... The best basketball of these three teams, should they be seen as favorites? Or do you agree with me that both of these games will be big tests for them and uh, that they can lose any of these uh, matchups? I believe, I agree with you. I think both both of these games will be big tests, uh, especially going to Serbia to, to play against Partizan. Uh, and considering Partizan hasn't started the season uh, the best way, uh, I expect that crowd to be absolutely insane. And I think Partizan could be a slight favorite playing at home. Um, as far as Bayern, I, I think Barcelona is the favorite, but Bayern Munich is a very dangerous team like we've been speaking about uh, on the previous episodes. Uh, they are well coached and, and they have a lot of options on every position. So this could be a dangerous game. Uh, I do see Barcelona being the favorite and I, I do think they are the better team overall, but they, they need to be focused and they need to play their hay game. Uh, otherwise, uh, Bayern will give them a run for their money. 
And again, with Bayern Munich, rebounding will be one of the keys of this matchup. Uh, Bayern has been showing the ability of being a very strong team on the, the glass while not allowing many offensive rebounds from the, their opponents. But for Barcelona side and in both games, if they are able to keep up with the great the defense that they are having, they are allowing only 71 points per game. That certainly uh, puts them in a position to be competitive. And I want to see uh, Lapro continuing to play at such a high level. He has been such an important player for them. And if he can be that dynamo for the Barcelona team and if they can bring this consistency once again defensively, that can be their identity and that can be what gives them a high floor moving forward and uh, during the this season of the EuroLeague. And I do think that they should be seen as favorites for uh, for the game against Bayern Munich, but I think Bayern can give them uh, some trouble. This certainly won't be an easy game for Barcelona. And for the game against Partizan, with Partizan having their first game at home, I expect to see improvements and uh, I think it's very close to a coin flip. It's, it will be a very balanced game, a very hard-fought game, and uh, both of the teams have a chance to come out as uh, victors from uh, that matchup on the second, on the the first half of this double header. On the second half of this double header, that's where I was go- going to. Partizan will be visiting Olympiacos. Uh, Partizan has a a very uh, hard uh, double header here. Olympiacos will be wanting to bounce back from their last round defeat against uh, Barcelona. We know that uh, one of the identities of Olympiacos is ball movement, is execution, and it's defense. And that's for me where they, especially at home, can have an advantage against this partisan team that is still gaining their routines and developing the, those routines. How do you see that matchup unfolding? I think it's going to be a, a great matchup because these are two teams that are that play very good defense. I know partisan in the first game against Maccabi wasn't great defensively, but they have the pieces to be a high-level defensive team. And Olympiacos, we already know, they are one of the best teams defensively in the competition. So uh, I believe this could be a low-scoring game, but nonetheless a, a very exciting one because these are two teams who are very well coached. They they know what they need to do to win games, and uh, I believe both teams have high IQ on, on most of the players they have. So I, I think it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I believe Kevin Pointer uh, is going to be a key guy here because he's the one that can unlock that offense for Partizan, and he's the one that has the most talent to break down Olympiakos' defense. So uh, I, I'm going to be focusing on him on this matchup, for sure. Well, Panther will certainly be crucial. Uh, this is a game, again, and we are expecting it to come, and we I think it will come sooner or later. Kaminski's ability to stretch the floor against Olympiakos' big can be important for uh, to change... Uh, slightly the way that Olympiakos defends and that's something that certainly Coach Obradovic will try to explore if uh, Kamitsky is already prepared for that but um, let's continue and let's look into the second game of uh, the, the first Tuesday of the first day of this doubleheader on Tuesday the game between Fenerbahce and uh, Paratinaikos these are two teams that uh, have been finding uh, their ground in this uh, start of the competition. Both have been facing some issues, but um, heading into the competition, we would have seen Fenerbahce as the the favorites heading to this matchup. Do you think uh, that still stands, especially playing at home? Well, I'm not sure because, I mean, first of all, Dorsey is going to be out for for a couple of months and and then uh, Slukas, I think, will come back to, to play on this game. So, 
I believe this this is kind of evenly matchup, but I do think Fenerbahce has an advantage on the wings with because they have big wings like Nigel Hayes Davis, Deshaun Pierre, even Goodrich is bigger than Panathinaikos wings uh, because they lean on Grigonis to play the three like we, we usually talk about. And they have Papa Petru, but I don't know if they're going to give him high, high minutes. So uh, I believe this game will be very exciting. I think the guards on Panathinaikos will have to be uh, in attack mode the whole way because Fenerbahce has a, a, a very big size advantage and I think that could really hurt Panathinaikos on the boards. So I do think Fenerbahce has that small advantage that is the size. For me, it's can Panathinaikos run? Will they be able to, to take advantage of the game by running, by playing at a very fast pace with extreme intensity all game long? And then the matchup between Juancho and uh, Nigel or, or Pierre, but especially the matchup yeah. between Juancho and Nigel, it should be a very entertaining one on both sides of the court. Can Nigel uh, keep building on the best perform on the better performance that he had last uh, week? And can Juancho slow him down defensively? And on the other side, can Juancho show that he is that dom- dominant uh, type of uh, player that he can be at the early level and against one of the, the best defenders of the early performance? form at the, the highest level that certainly will be something to, to track and something will be a factor that will be determinant on uh, this game for uh, Fenerbahce on the on the second half of this uh, back-to-back they will be receiving as well a team that has been somewhat disappointed in the, the start of the Euro League after bringing in some reinforcements in the offseason and we start hearing rumors of uh, TJ Parker maybe being on his way out and I guess we can start there um, we said it in the last episode that uh, they needed to shake up things and um, this can be a way yeah 100% uh, I think it can definitely be a way to, to shake up things I, I believe that with the right coach this team has the potential to do some interesting things, and I do think that's a possibility. Let's see, we have heard of some names as Trinchier being rumored as a potential replacement, but let's see how things evolve, and we know how fluid uh, the news cycles are in the in the Euroleague, and uh, let's see what happens, but certainly Asphalt should be aiming at uh, being doing more and better, and uh, something we'll need to give, and maybe that's the way for them. But let's look into the, this uh, game that is a that is the second half of this double header for Fenerbahce, the game that they will be welcoming Asvel. This will be a, a very a hard matchup for Asvel to overcome. So I will make you a very hard question: How can Asvel be competitive on this game? Well, they have to be disciplined defensively. I mean, I think Fenerbahce can struggle at times shooting the ball and being able to space the floor. So, and especially with a guy like Dorsey being out. So I believe Asvel has to do a, a good job defending the paint and the mid-range because those wings, if they if they get Nigel Hayes-Davis and Deshaun Pierre to, to post up, I believe it could be a long night for Asvel. But they need to be consistent defensively and so that they can be able to, to get fast-break opportunities. And I, I'm not necessarily saying that they should speed up the game, but uh, if they can get those chances by getting stops and, and being able to get some easy baskets, that will be the way for them, but they definitely need to do to have a good defensive performance because if they don't, they they don't have the offensive firepower to to match up with Fenerbahce. So they need to be very good defensively. They certainly need to balance things out defensively. 
as well comes into this game scoring 67.5 points per game while allowing 91 that certainly is not recipe to be competitive in games and when you are playing against such a strong team as Fenerbahce that needs to be the base of their game and then the count on the offensive power of some of their players to to be the difference makers and uh, keep the game close enough for them to be able to compete but it certainly will be a very hard matchup for Asvel to overcome for uh, Paratinaikos the other team that plays with uh, with uh, Fenerbahce on the first half they will be playing on the Friday against uh, Maccabi Maccabi that uh, will be playing on this round after unfortunately not being able to to play on the the previous round and uh, this is a game that's uh, playing at home Paratinaikos will want to be competitive will want to to try to win but uh, Maccabi certainly has all the motivational factors on their side. And uh, I, th- these are always very complicated situations for from all the point of views. And the human point of view is the most important and honestly the, the only that matters here. But uh, it can go different ways for the teams. Uh, the teams can have their heads and for good reason, for for bad reasons in this case, for awful reasons in uh, somewhere else. But uh, they can also have extra motivation and want to to come and compete at a, at a very high level. So this is a game that can have very different outcomes. But let's look into the basketball aspect of it. Where do each of these teams have advantages and disadvantages, and where can they can find ways to to beat the other one? Well, I think Maccabi has a. We talked about the the bigs that they added in Rivero and James Webb, and not, they were not necessarily the the fitting bigs that Maccabi needed. But I do believe that in a matchup against Panathinaikos, they can do some damage. All of them, Sorkin, Cohen, Nebo, because we usually say Panathinaikos is kind of short on the front court. They they have Lasort and Balsarowski, and then they they have to lean on Juancho to to play the four, and Mitoglu hasn't played yet. So maybe Maccabi, it's tough because Maccabi's bigs are not necessarily guys that you give them the ball and they go get a bucket, but they need to punish Panathinaikos on the boards. And Lorenzo has to be that floor general that he always is. And for Panathinaikos, it's just a matter of, the, I keep saying this, but I do think that is the key for them every time. The, the guards need to be in attack mode because they, they are the only ones who can really create shots not only for themselves, but for others as well uh, in, on that team. Juancho is more of a catch-and-shoot guy and a rebound guy, a hustle guy. Uh, and Lasort and Balsarowski are more inside players. So I think those guards need to be really dynamic and they need to create a lot for their teammates. So I believe those, those are the keys. The playmaking of Paratinaikos is certainly one of the keys. They are averaging only 13.5 assists per game. And that's an aspect of their game. They need to to create routines and play better with each other to make the game easier for their best players. But uh, another curious factor for this game that certainly will be important and something we will be lo- want to look at is Maccabi is a very good offensive rebounding team, while uh, Paratinaikos allows uh, many uh, offensive rebounds to their opponents. And uh, that can be a way for Maccabi to, to create second chance opportunities and keep grinding Paratinaikos defensively and give them issues. And uh, those certainly will be some of the, the determining factors for this game. Let's uh, go back to the Tuesday and look into the third game that will take place 
uh, on the on the that day, and it's the game between FS and Aswell. Aswell will have uh, back-to-back games in uh, Turkey, just like with uh, we spoke about on the Aswell game with uh, Fenerbahce. I think that uh, once again it comes to comes down to Aswell being able to present consistency, being able to get stops, but. I think it will be extremely hard for them to do that against the uh, uh, FS team that also comes into this game with uh, zero wins and two losses after the first two rounds being played. I expect FS to try to just run and outplay uh, uh, Aswell on this game. I expect FS to just try to outrun and outplay Aswell on this game. Do you see it happening any different? Well, to be honest, on this game, I'm just looking at one thing. I need Will Clavin to be aggressive and to have a big game because it's been long overdue. I mean, the first two games, he was pretty disappointing. And for FS to be a high-level team, they need him to be at his best. And that hasn't been the case in the first two games. They definitely need to, to run and to be aggressive. But I think it starts with him, even though he's not a point guard. I think he needs to set the tone for that team, being the best player, and I think he can have he can have dominant advantages uh, against Asvel Wings. He's much bigger and stronger and especially talented than those guys. So I just think he needs to set it on from the jump and be be aggressive. I agree with that, but uh, I think it goes besides Will Clyburn. I obviously we need to see more from him, and we need not only from him but for him to be featured in different ways that will uh, maximize what he does on the court. I absolutely agree with that, obviously. But uh, in the other hand, I need to see more from FS as a whole. They are allowing sure, ninety seven sure. points. They are allowing 97 points per game, and uh, that's a number that is unreasonable. And I know the sample size is very small. We just had two games, but that's a good, uh, it's an indicator of how poorly they are performing on that size of the, the court. And while we know that Will Clyburn will find his way and the team will start finding him and he will be impacting the game at a much higher level. Defense is something that uh, a team does as a whole, and that's something that IFS also needs to improve heading into this game. And while we already went over the game that uh, that Asphalt will have on the second half of this uh, doubleheader, let's look into FS second game that will be against Valencia, one of the teams that had a hot start to this competition, while FS comes into this doubleheader with two losses, Valencia comes into this doubleheader with uh, two wins. I actually think that uh, Valencia has the pieces, if uh, we don't have any health problems, to give issues to this uh, to this FS team that uh, is struggling to find their footing. I want to see if Valencia is able to keep up with their defensive performances. They allowed under 70 points uh, in average on their first two games. And if they are able to do that against a struggling FS, I think they have a real shot at winning this game, but uh, playing at home and uh, with me believing that FS has a superior roster to Valencia and uh, better top talent uh, than Valencia, I expect FS to be able to to perform at a better level and to to try to conquer this win at home. And it's a much-needed win for for FS aspirations. But uh, if they are not able to, to step up, I see Valencia having the pieces with their physicality, with the, the way that they are playing defensively, to give issues to to Efes. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, they they have some bodies to throw at Will Clyburn, 
They they have a good team overall. They are well coached and, and they've been playing uh, very well defensively these first two games. So I do think Valencia has a shot, but uh, I'm looking at Efes and, and this double header with two games at home against two theoretically two inferior opponents. Uh, even though, of course, Valencia has been playing at a very high level, uh, I think Efes needs to look at this week as two must-win games because starting the season the way they did, uh, I really believe they need to. First of all, that game against Oswell, they really need that win to, to boost their confidence. And, and then I believe they, they'll be able to complete this week with a with a second win against Valencia. But of course, if they're not on their A game, Valencia can definitely upset them, even though it's on the road, because Valencia has been playing very, very good basketball. Let's talk about another Spanish team then that uh, comes into into this round after a loss on the, the previous one, Basconia that we'll be facing on the first half of this uh, doubleheader, we'll be facing Bayern Munich. I think that despite being visitors, Bayern is the, the team with uh, more arguments heading into this game. And the battle of the front courts, and especially of the interior players, will be cu crucial for the outcome of this game. I expect to see Bayern to be dominant on the, that front. And... Uh, I am not sure that uh, Basconi will be able to contain them to a point that uh, would allow them to to beat them. But playing at home, certainly there is an edge for Basconi there. But I would be favoring Bayern on the, this matchup. I agree with you. Uh, I think Bayern has more. Uh, I believe they on both sides of the floor. I mean, I think offensively they they have more guys who can get hot, especially those guards. Can, can score at any given time. They they have bigs who are uh, huge defensive presences. They even though right now they don't have Lucic, they they are still they still have some options there on the wings with Obst and uh, Valor Bab. So I think Bayern is more prepared to to this game than Basconia. Even though of course we know Basconia can get hot from three. You we know they have players that in terms of effort, uh, a guy like Cedric Kerskis can give problems to any team on the boards. So uh, I think this game can be very competitive, very close, but I do believe Bayern has more weapons to, to come out with the victory. I wouldn't discount totally uh, Basconia, and I know that you are not, and we are not, obviously, discounting uh, <laughs> Basconia. But uh, they will, despite having two games at home, they will have a, a tough doubleheader. And uh, had it, moving into the, the second half of this doubleheader, they will be playing Jalgiris that come into this game with a perfect record of two wins and zero losses. And these are we know how competitive Jalgiris wants to be, and they try to be, even if uh, sometimes the the talent level they are one step below. They try to be competitive, and winning this type of games against this type of opponents will be crucial for their aspirations to be part of the the player playing run and the playoff run. And I expect to see more of what we saw on the, the last games uh, against this Basconi team. Now, I think that Basconi fits better into Jalgiri's game than maybe yeah. their previous opponent, opponents do. And uh, I think that can give a fighting chance to Basconi in a game that I expect to be extremely competitive and I expect to be uh, a close game where the team that... Uh, will be playing better defense or the team that will be hotter shooting. It can go both ways and probably <laughs> a little bit of both will be what decides this game. 
Yeah, no question. Uh, I, I was just about to say, uh, I think Basconia has a better chance against Zagiris than they do against Bayern. Uh, just a matter of fit in, in terms of that matchup. Uh, I just think they match up better with Zalgiris. And uh, like you said, either both teams can play good defense and whoever's more consistent will get the win or whoever's harder from three <laughs> will be the, the team on top. So uh, I think this game can go both ways. I, I believe it's a pretty evenly matchup. So uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting one. I'm curious to see the defensive matchups on Keenan Heavens and uh, on Marcus Howard. I think Butkevicius has a, a good chance to be watched on uh, on uh, Marcus Howard and do a good job on him. And uh, I wonder who will be guarding Keenan Heavens and what will be the strategy for Basconia there. Because I believe that Keenan Heavens can uh, end up being a big difference maker on this game. Well, we know that he is a big difference maker in any game that he plays, but he can be a destabilizer factor against this Basconia team and against this Basconia defense. And uh, I wonder if they will be able to find uh, solutions. They will certainly try, and uh, whatever they will be presenting will be one of the crucial factors that uh, will be deciding uh, this game. Let's go back in time and look to uh, the game that Chalgiris will have on Tuesday. They will be have a double header in Spain, and their first game is against uh, Real Madrid, a team that uh, had a slow start, but uh, in the last round had a a dominant win. This is, uh, and we saw this last season, and this Jalgiri team didn't change much. This Real Madrid team didn't change much. It's an extremely hard uh, game for Jalgiris because of the physicality and the size that uh, Real Madrid has while still being able to match up with the mobility of the Jalgiri small lineup. Do you think that... Uh, it's, it again comes down to Jalgiris in this matchups, comes down to how well they are shooting from three and how willing they are to take those shots from three. Because at times we see them not shooting the volume that we would expect from a team playing their, their style. And taking and making those three point shots are what gives them a fighting chance against a team with the size and the physicality of Real Madrid. This will be a very hard one for Jalgiris, won't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you touched on it perfectly. Like the the size and the physicality is just might be a little bit too much to to overcome. Uh, we know Real Madrid's roster is insane, and when you have Campazzo leading the way for all of those guys, it, it gets pretty hard for a, a team like Jalgiris, who is very small, and obviously they go to small ball lineups a lot. It's going to be hard to for them to have a fighting chance, but it's just like you said, and this happened a lot last season. They, they, they have the ability to shoot the three, but a lot of times they don't shoot enough. And, and that's the only way they can have a, a chance to beating Real Madrid in this matchup. So they clearly need to try to, to attack the paint and then kick it out, finding open shooters because they're going to need that three ball to fall if they want to beat Real. Yeah. And for Real Madrid, uh, this will be a doubleheader that they will play back-to-back games at home. And the second one is against uh, Milano. And this is a game that uh, I think can be competitive, but depends a lot on uh, how healthy Milano is. Milano has a lot of depth in the front court, and I think they can compete with this Real Madrid team. Can Milano guards, and I can make this as a question for you, can Milano guards perform at a level where they are able to match and uh, balance things out against uh, Real Madrid guards? And uh, 
can Mirotic then become a difference maker and give an edge to Milano to win this matchup? I do believe it's possible. Yeah, I do believe it's possible because they're probably going to play Mirotic at the three, uh, especially with a lot of the guards injured. So I believe Shields at the two and Mirotic at the three is something we're going to see in this matchup. And I do think that gives uh, some chances to, to Milano because you're going to have to have either Musa or Ezonia on them. And it might be a tough matchup because Mirotic is just bigger. So I do think, obviously, Campazzo has a, a big advantage uh, against Pangos. Uh, and Pangos have, hasn't really been uh, his best version uh, of himself in, in this uh, beginning of the season. But uh, overall, I think this can be a, a very interesting matchup because, like you said, both teams are stacked on the front court. But uh, I do think Real Madrid's talent overall on the backcourt can be the difference maker in this game because... Milano doesn't really have much options. Uh, they're playing down in positions. Uh, uh, like I said, Shields playing the two, Mirtis playing the three. They have Pungos at the point, and then they have Devon Hall. I mean, they don't really have much outside of that. So it could be a tough night for them. And, and I think Real overall has more talent. But I do think Mirtis is the best player on the floor. So Milano has a chance. Definitely have a chance. They they have a lot of bodies to throw at Yabusele and Walter Tavares. So... This is going to be a pretty interesting game. I think it's going to be closer than some people think. Another way that I see Milano having an advantage here, and that's where the, the guard play comes into comes into play, because um, they will need to have options on the, that part of the floor to allow them to do this. But the lineup with a front court with uh, Mirotic playing at the four and Voitman playing at the five. It's an interesting challenge for Real Madrid and Walter Tavares if they have a lot of shooting and that ability to stretch the floor. They just have many options, and we spoke about how insanely uh, deep the front court of Milano is. And they can show different looks to Real Madrid and find what's working at any given moment of the game while being able to match up with Real Madrid in terms of talent. But it comes down to, to that backcourt and uh, if Milano's backcourt is able to, to perform at the same level as Real Madrid can be able to... Uh, briefly talking about Milano backcourt and we have heard... Uh, Rumors of Nan potentially joining Milan's backcourt and quickly, what's your opinion about the impact that he can have for this Milan team? Well, I just think any talented guard who, who can create not only for themselves but for others would be a great addition to this Milano team. And obviously Kendrick Nunn, a guy who's been in the NBA for a couple of years now, uh, I think he'd, he could definitely help this Milano team. I don't think he could be to the level that Napier did last season. But I do think he would be a, a helpful piece for sure. Yeah, they certainly wouldn't mind to still have Napier on the roster. But they have a great team and they have the potential to be one of the contenders. And another game that will be very important for their status as contenders is the game of the, the first half of this doubleheader. And it's the matchup between Milano and Olympiacos. We already spoke about Olympiacos game on the second half of this doubleheader at home against Partizan. But uh, on the, the first half of this doubleheader in the game that closes the Tuesday games, it's uh, Milano-Olympiacos being played in Italy. What are the keys for this matchup that I think can be very intriguing? And uh, it's a game that uh, it's very early in the season, but this is a game that Milano should be trying to win to, to start to 
affirm themselves as uh, some of the top contenders of this league, while we know how Olympiacos can be a tough challenge to any team. Yeah, I definitely think Milan has a chance to win this game and, and they should try to do that because uh, Olympiacos is going through a tough time now. They, they have a lot of injuries and they don't really have nobody to, to really guard Miritic. I mean, they have Peters at the four and they have Papa Nicolau at the three. But I do think Miritic can have a, a very good game against either of those guys. Uh, no disrespect to them, of course. Uh, but I just think it's a bad matchup for Olympiacos team as currently constructed with all of the injuries. Because if Shields is playing at the two, you're going to have to have either Walkup or Isaiah Cannon at, in, on him. And uh, that's a, a really big size disadvantage. So I think Milano has a chance to explore a lot of mismatches in this game. And even though Olympiacos is great defensively, I just think that the size difference it might be a little bit too much on this matchup. And again, it's uh, very early in the season, but this is the type of games that uh, Milano needs to be trying to win uh, if they want to, to be contending for this edition of the EuroLeague. Let's then move into Wednesday and the second half of round three. That is the, the first part of this doubleheader and look into the game between Red Star and Monaco. We have documented the struggles that Monaco have been facing. Uh, it's possible that uh, Kemba Walker will be available to, to play for them. Do you think that's enough? That uh, all that they need is uh, more firepower? Or there is something more missing against a Red Star team that has shown the ability to be a very competitive one, especially playing at home? Uh, well, uh, I definitely think Kemba Walker will help them uh, whenever he comes back. But uh, like I said before, I think the key here is Jordan Lloyd. And uh, until he comes back, I believe Monaco is going to go through some tough times. And this game in Serbia is no joke because Red Star is a very, very good team, especially playing at home. And after losing to Zalgiris last week, I believe they're going to come out trying to get this win and trying to bounce back. So uh, I think this could be a, a tough game for Monaco because while Monaco has a good front court, Those guys are not scorers. I mean, Monte Yunus is really the only one you can give the ball to and he can play with his back-to-basket and get a bucket. But uh, Red Star, they, they have a lot of options inside. They have Simonovic, they have Mike Toby, and I think this could be a tough matchup for Monaco because Red Star also has those guards that can score at an elite level, just like Mike James and Elio Kobo. But those guys might even be more consistent. Uh, out, I mean, Mike James is always Mike James. But Okobo is very inconsistent, and especially without Jordan Lloyd. And Red Star has Milos, Napier, and I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think Red Star playing at home is going to be so tough to beat this season. And I, I do believe they have more pieces right now than Monaco. I do think that would change if Monaco had all those guards available, but they, they don't. So uh, I can't go with Monaco right now. I just think Red Star has too much. 62 points and 11 assists are the averages of Monaco in their first two games. Those are numbers that can only go up, but uh, they really show the struggles that uh, this Monaco team uh, is having. Another number that uh, continues from last season is their ability, their percentages from three, and uh, they really struggle on that facet of the game. And against a Red Star team that uh, is very strong at uh, stretching the floor, a team that is very complete in all the positions of the court, a team that is very strong uh, rebounding. Uh, and the guard matchups, uh, 
yes, Mike James might be the, the best guard or is the, the best guard of those matchups. But it does concern me uh, the ability of Monaco to slow down and uh, the ability of Monaco to to be able to contain uh, the, the guards like Milos, like Napier, like Nedovic, like Iago. There is a lot of firepower there and uh, Monaco might struggle and this is, will be an extremely hard game for Monaco to bounce back and we wouldn't have expected Monaco to start uh, with uh, zero wins and three losses, this edition of the EuroLeague. It will, but this will be a very hard game for them. Red Star, on the other hand, will want to bounce back from the, the last round and uh, try to, to conquer this win, especially playing at home. Let's look at the opponents of these teams in the, the second round, uh, second half of this uh, doubleheader. And uh, we start with Monaco that will be receiving Alba. Diogo, the game against Red Star will be very hard. I don't think this game will be an easy one either. This Alba team will uh, try to compete and uh, try to cause problems, uh, to give problems to Monaco and try to explore any lack of energy that Monaco shows during this game. Would you say that Monaco are favorites on this game? Yeah, uh, I think they are favorites. Uh, I think Alba will be competitive, uh, like I'm assuming they will be on most games. But uh, I just think Monaco, at some point, they're going to have to get it, to figure it out. And uh, I believe Kemba will play on that game, even if he doesn't on the first one. I believe at least on the second game he'll be available. And uh, I think he will help on the, the shot creation there. And I believe they will have enough to beat Alba, but it's not going to be easy. Definitely not going to be easy. Uh, Alba has some guys that can really cause trouble, some Monaco, like uh, Johan Steeman and the young guys and Sterling Brown, Matt Thomas. They, they have some guys. So if Monaco doesn't play at their best, they're going to they're gonna struggle to get wins here, here to begin the season because Alba can be tough. So I believe Monaco is the favorite. I believe they are the better team. I do think they have more talent overall, even though they don't have Jordan Lloyd yet. Uh, but it should be enough to beat Alba, but it's definitely not going to be easy. And if they think it's going to be easy, that could be a, a very long night for them. Yeah, uh, not only that, but also with them having some uh, injuries and this being a doubleheader. I do think that uh, Monaco coming out of this uh, doubleheader with a record of 0-4 to start the league is a possibility, even if I also would favor them against uh, Alba on this uh, matchup. For Red Star, they will end this doubleheader playing in Bologna against uh, Virtus. Virtus that is playing a very good brand of basketball. And both teams are tied with uh, one win and one losses heading to this doubleheader. It will be a, a grind and a hard-fought game. But once again, I think the talent advantage on this matchup is uh, to Red Star. And uh, opposite to what we saw against uh, Jalgiris, I think that... Uh, in this matchup, Red Star uh, will be able to to impose their firepower at an even uh, higher level. I expect Virtus to give them uh, trouble, but do you think that uh, Virtus has enough on the docket to be able to compete with uh, Red Star firepower? Well, listen, uh, Virtus has has been playing at a very high level, and their win against Monaco was insane. I, I definitely did not see that coming. So Virtus uh, again, Coach Banky. Is he a miracle worker? Well, maybe. He might be. So mm -hmm. I believe Virtus has a chance, of course. I do think Red Star is the better team. 
But uh, we know Red Star is a very different team playing at home and playing on the road. So I, I believe this game is going to be tough for them. Uh, I might give a slight advantage to Virtus just because of them playing at home and how how good, how much of a good basketball team they've been able to be and the quality of the basketball they put on the floor. I, I think they could have a, a legit chance to beat uh, Red Star. And uh, if they don't come out with energy, uh, Red Star always has energy playing at home. But uh, on the road, they usually tend to be a more relaxed team and they're not as aggressive as they are at home. So they definitely need to be aggressive and they need to try to be physical against this Virtus team because they don't really have a lot of physical players. Uh, obviously, Shangela and the bigs, Dunstan and um, Jordan Mickey, those guys have the size and they can be physical. But other than that, I think Red Star has an advantage in terms of size. So uh, I believe Red Star, like you said, they should impose that from the start to, to try to be able to win this game. It will be a competitive one. And I think all the games of Virtus this season will be competitive ones. And any team that doesn't come prepared into these games will be in trouble. But let's look into the game that they will have in the first round. And this is a game where I think that Virtus, for the level that they had, they had shown so far that they are playing at, uh, it's their game against uh, Alba that will be taking place on Wednesday. And I think that because of that level of play that they are showing, they should be seen as favorites for this game. I think they have more, um, maybe talent is not the way to describe it, but uh, they have the experience and uh, the ability to perform in a more consistent level than uh, Alba yes. does. And I think that's where they will have the advantage, the ability to perform across 40 minutes in the game. It's where Virtus have the advantage and are the keys for this game. The rebounding battle will be very important and uh, there Virtus has been performing at a, a better level than Alba. Alba being able to balance that and the ability to get stops and to get defensive rebounds and uh, run as they like to do. It's what can give Alba a chance to win this game. But uh, if Virtus is once again able to keep rebounding very well on both sides of the court, then they will be able to impose themselves on this game. What are your thoughts and the keys for this matchup? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Alba has been without uh, Kumaji and Vetzel, so those guys have been uh, some important absence on on their team uh, as far as rebounding the ball. Uh, I do think Virtus, obviously, the more experienced team and especially more consistent team, and I do think they play better basketball. Even though Alba is a very interesting team, they have some very nice pieces, but I think they will need some time to put it together as far as like really trying to win games. Uh, I think they will be competitive, but uh, until they really figure it out and until those young guys can be more consistent, uh, I believe it's going to be tough for them to get the wins. So uh, obviously I, I favor Virtus on this one. Very well. We get to the last game that we will be breaking down after we have taken a look at all the games of the, the first and second half, except for this one that will take place on Wednesday, the the end of the, the round three. That is the, the first part of this doubleheader. The game between Valencia and uh, Maccabi. This is a game where uh, a Valencia win will mean that uh, they start the, the Zero League with a 3-0 record. And uh, they will start returning some heads if they already haven't done it. Uh, but this is a game where Valencia offensive ability will be what uh, what gives them uh, a chance to compete. They have been performing very well and defense has been the key for them so far. They have, on these first two games, they have 15.5 assists per game. They 
they have scored 73.5 games. Their games have been a grind. And I think we know at this point, and even without Wade, that Maccabi just finds solutions to keep scoring against teams. I don't think that Valencia will be able to totally stop Maccabi as they did on the previous matchups. And I think that Maccabi just has enough firepower, even without Wade. And enough the way that they move the ball, they play at a, a very high IQ brand of basketball where they move the ball very well, they find easy shots, and they have players that are able to make those shots. And I think that's where Maccabi has the advantage to disrupt this uh, Valencia defense. And that's where Valencia will be able to perform better offensively if they want to be competitive on this game and want to lock their third win in a row to start this edition of the EuroLeague. What are your thoughts? Well, it's very hard to to beat what Valencia has done defensively in the first two games. So I definitely expect Maccabi to to do a better job than Fenerbahce and Monaco did. Uh, I do think it's going to be a tough game for both teams. I I think it's going to be pretty close and pretty competitive. But uh, Valencia has to do a a good job of holding Lorenzo Brown because they have some good guard defenders, and especially Chris Jones. I think it can be a nice matchup for him. But uh, if they allow Maccabi to, to run in transition and to, to have open shots, like you said, Maccabi finds a ways to score. And they have several options. Uh, Antonius Cleveland, Colson. they have a lot of guys who can score the ball. And when you have a guy like Lorenzo facilitating for them, it makes the whole game easier. So Valencia needs to do a, a very good job of holding Lorenzo and, and controlling him. Uh, they can't allow him to control the pace of the game. Uh, I think Valencia needs to, to to try to control the pace of the game, and I know it's going to be hard, but they need to keep their defensive level that they've been showing so far, and they need to be good offensively because Maccabi does have more firepower, and if Valencia is not uh, efficient and if they're not consistent, they're going to have a tough time beating Maccabi. And that's where having a guard like Lorenzo is a difference maker in relation to what we saw from Ferrabaccio, for example, and we touched that on our last episode. And that's where uh, Lorenzo gives them uh, a big advantage because he has the ability to break down a defense. And what Valencia has been driving on is using their side and their front court players with some switchability. And a guard like Lorenzo is able to explore that and take advantage of that. And that's where I think that uh, Maccabi will be able to break down slightly this uh, very good Valencia defense as much as possible and Valencia will need to bring up the the firepower on the other end of the court to be able to compete with Maccabi. This takes us to the end of this episode, an episode with many games to preview. We expect a very exciting uh, doubleheader and uh, after on the the Monday after we will bring you an episode recapping all the action for you guys and uh, then as always we go back to have an episode coming out on Wednesday previewing the the next round of the EuroLeague. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye guys, see you on next episode.